0: Chuck, welcome. I'm Thank happy you. to have you. Happy that you drove up, took the time out of your day to to do this. I'm super excited for this um, you know, episode with you, just to speak Likewise. to you uh, again. We did one like three years ago. Obviously, my podcast, when I started, I stopped it. Um, but yeah, super grateful too to, for, you, for you to, again, take the time out of your day to come up here, do this. Um, I was looking forward to it. I was like, finally, a good sit down that I could have with you to just quote unquote, pick your brain and just have a good conversation together, yeah. which we didn't really get so much in, in the past. No. So, you know, when I really thought of it, it was always like, you know, training and pretty much that was the topic, yeah. uh, you know, the highlighted topic of our conversation. So, um, yeah, I'm happy that uh, that you're here. Um, 32 now?
1: 32. Just
0: turned 32
1: uh, this past Saturday.
0: Yeah. How was that?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, everything hurts and sometimes for no reason like i'll just wake up and something else hurts and i'm like oh i have a huge appreciation now for anybody that's still a professional athlete Hmm. after the age of 30 because like you you and i both know as athletes we're way more in tune with our bodies we notice every little thing compared to the average person and so you really notice a difference once you hit over 30 compared to when you're like 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Wow. Really? So like I just have a huge appreciation for anybody that's still, you know, rocking pro status in any sport at 33 and up. It's it's crazy.
0: You, you actually feel a difference
1: ever since? Uh... I, I do. Like my, I, I just don't re- recover as fast. Hmm. That's the one thing I noticed. Like I haven't really lost a lot of strength, maybe just a bit, but it's really like the recovery time. Really? Like if I don't sleep a minimum of seven and a half hours, seven hours, like, minimum I'm I'm useless Hmm. I used to be able to like go out at night party on 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 sleep five six hours train 10 clients in a day (laughs) and still hit the weights hard Hmm. and I'd be fresh as day the next the the next workout you know not
0: anymore it's crazy yeah not so much anymore
1: wanted to say thank you for having me by the way this is a gift for you it's got a little bit of sentimental value you want to give it right now I want to give it right now so this gift has a little bit of sentimental value um, it was actually one of the first pieces of gym equipment that I ever bought myself. And you introduced it to me the first time we worked out together at the gym and it changed my life forever. I use it every day till this day on all my workouts. So that's for you. Jeez, my
0: heart's beating so fast. I'm like, what is it? So yeah, for people yeah. just listening and not actually watching the, the video. Um, so Chuck arrived here, uh, like you just heard with uh, a gift. Um, it's in a, a gray bag, so I'm just gonna open open it up. Uh, that's very I nice. I got him a goldfish. There you go. <laughs> we're gonna name it. Uh, we're gonna come up with a name together. Pedro. <laughs> oh wow! Wow, bro. These changed. <laughs> these changed they're the game. The
1: best. These changed the game. I make every single one of my clients buy them. Wow, one. they're the best. The best. Yeah. Now they have the extreme. Not even the pro version. These are like the extreme. Wow.
2: Wow.
0: They're also
1: twice the price from when we used to buy
0: them, by In- the way. Inflation. Dude, it's, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Okay, the, worth it. Oh my god, thanks a lot. For the best. Uh, thanks my so pleasure, much. Man. Um Wow, I, I I did not know it was gonna be this, but yeah. now that I see it, I'm like, this was like Rings a bell. Remember when you lent me yours? It was everything. Yeah, yeah. It was everything. These are a game changer for, for people just watching. Yeah. It's um I'm gonna put it up on the screen too. It's be um pretty much pretty much like um wait. Uh wait wrist, um, straps. Yeah. Um, but these are like a game changer. They have like a leather kind of, what would you call this? Uh, pad? Well, instead of
1: having like a really long wrist wrap that you have to like coil around the bar, like three, four times, that's not even sticky or adhesive at all. These, it's like about a three inch tongue and it's as grippy as like a wide receiver's glove. And you just like, boop once. And it just locks in. Whatever weight you're holding for you. And it's like the equivalent of having like two sets of hands. Mm -hmm. That's like the difference. And not losing your grip either. It's insane. I use it for every workout. Oh my God. Ever since you introduced me to these, like I've never gone to workout without using them. So good. So
0: comfortable too. Yeah. Versus the Way better than um, leather
1: wrist wraps or straps or whatever else exists. Like I've tried everything me too. <laughs> even sponges like i put a sponge really? like that was old school like i used oh to just God. like or weightlifting gloves forget it <laughs> yeah, yeah you're yeah, not yeah. walking around with those yeah yeah oh
0: thank you oh, Dude, oh my, my pleasure God.
1: my pleasure thanks for having me so um when you sent me your address your new address because yes. you used to live like around mirabel right yes I, obviously i don't want to say the city of here just no no, for, no but but um when you sent me your new address uh and i stuck it in my maps uh i literally had to zoom in mm-hmm to see where you live. Yes. So uh, I prepared a little list for you. Uh, six signs to know if you are a recluse. Which is? A recluse. Yeah. Somebody who likes to be alone away from Secluded. everybody. Yeah. Basically okay. a huge loner. So six
0: signs to know if you're a recluse. Well, look, I do. Um, girlfriend too is with me, you know. I'm not, I don't, I'm
1: not completely alone. So No, but <laughs> given, given where we are. One, you live in a place most English people can't even pronounce. Two, it requires half a tank of gas for any of your friends to come see you. Three, your backyard looks like it belongs in the Triassic period. In the? Triassic period. Which is? What? I think that's even before Jurassic.
0: Yeah, because it's (laughs) that. (laughs) We'll say it's not. (laughs) It's like
1: the most tropical dense forest you could imagine. Okay,
0: there we go. Yeah. Four,
1: you have a homemade sauna and cold plunge bath directly on your property. We're so gonna, which we're going to do after. We're, we're going we're to use it. Oh, let yes. Let me tell you. Yes. Uh, five, if you shoot a gun, no one will hear it. And six, you hate any and all forms of modern civilization.
0: Pretty damn, signs. pretty damn accurate. <laughs> <laughs> pretty damn accurate. Um, except for, which would be surprising for most people, yeah. is the gunshot. Um, because of the vast amount of like land and minimal amount of people stuck to one another when someone uh, actually echoes. shoots a gun there's a huge echo uh, same thing with animal sounds like sometimes if i wake up in the morning or late at night and we go to the cold plunge or something really? we hear the wolves so that you would think they're so close but the pack is probably like you got like further. wolves and coyotes out oh here? bro wolves coyotes fox deer black bear moose lynx Another reason to own a gun. <laughs> All
2: <living out>
0: here.
1: <laughs> but yeah, pretty, pretty. No more needing to buy your meat. Just go shoot it.
0: Yeah, pr- yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, surprising that that would be the only pretty much <laughs> inaccurate one out of the six. I love how you came prepared with those. Yeah. Um, it was a
1: beautiful drive up here, though. Let me tell you.
0: It was. Yeah. It Especially was. like 30 minutes away, like when you turned, I think it was right. Um, like in that mini, mini village there we about thirty minutes out from where you are. From where yeah. Yes, 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 it's yes, twenty seven yes. there or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh from that point on, maybe two minutes after that, after you pass that small little street it's village. Extremely scenic. Very, yeah very, very it's and like, Especially when it was like, you know, yeah. right smack in the middle of autumn fall. Yeah. The colors and oh my god, like so You nice. know I've
1: been I've been living I was just telling yeah. uh we were just talking about this earlier. Yeah. I've been living now downtown for like 8 years and I I grew up my whole life in the West Island um like a 30 minute drive from downtown. And now I'm starting to feel the itch to like just have some land, have a house with a backyard, like some peace and quiet. Like I'm I'm starting to feel the itch to go back to that lifestyle cuz like just the non-stop noise, construction,
0: it's like I'm over it. Yeah, it's it's yeah, a, yeah. it's crazy because a lot of people come to realization of those things, and much m- more and more people are tend to kind of you know get into that. Um, as I get older, I think as I get yeah, older, yeah. I think certain things change, or yeah. I don't know whatever yeah. it may be. But for me, like for me and my girlfriend, like it's been a, a game changer, Dude, like yeah. huge game changer. Yeah. Just like it's so the smallest things too. Like for example. Just like when you go to bed at night, yeah, the lights outside when it's nighttime. Here, yeah. here I can't even see my car. Dude, it's the amount of light black. pollution I have,
1: because like my condo, great, it's nice. It's a corner unit facing the entire skyline of, of Montreal on the, like the 11th floor. But the lights that just emit from all the buildings, if I don't close all the blinds throughout my entire apartment... There's like, it even just comes through the, creeping. under the door, the yeah. light from like, it's, yeah, I always find when I go up north or when I sleep in my buddy's uh, cabin that he's got uh chalet, I, I sleep like a rock. I wake up feeling so refreshed. I don't know what it is. Even if I sleep the same amount of hours, like I, I usually will, I can't sleep past like 8am ever. I, I just wake up feeling super recharged and rejuvenated yeah.
0: it's yeah. crazy i don't know what it is maybe it's that i don't know yeah probably make sure of a lot of things because before yeah. you we were speaking about yeah. distractions too just the distractions and not necessarily yeah. you'll focus on but just having those outside things that are like you know oh yeah if I, if
1: I moved up here for like three months i would get like three years worth of work done it's <laughs> i swear to god well
0: when when you would go when you have a lot of work yeah, yeah. just text I'm, me i'm, I'm moving to the here. sauna <laughs>
1: Yeah, there you just go. Just don't turn it on. I'll just move into the sauna, <laughs>
0: bring a little tote bag with me, and uh, You'll be good. we'll
1: get shit done. Yeah. There you
0: go. Um, we met years and years ago yeah. um, for, you know, I'm going to be 30 next year, so uh, 15 years or even more. I think when I first met you, yeah. you were 14, or I was seeing videos of you squatting that your dad showed me of you at 14 years old, barbell squatting. Yes. Um at you know his, his facility yeah. yes facility. It, was,
1: it, it has to have at least been 15 years crazy. since i've met you
0: yeah bro that's so crazy yeah it's like half my life yeah exactly it's yeah. exactly why i i kind of yeah. took note of that i was like i gotta i gotta mention this yeah because first time f- absolutely flies yeah and two like not a, like it's there's not a lot of people and I'm just speaking yeah. for myself specifically that I know of that's like not blood related to me that I've actually known for like half my life and stayed in contact and with. stayed in contact yeah. with, yeah, yeah which I find that very cool, yeah. very special. Yeah. It's cool to have in, in a circle. And, um, it's hard to make new friends as, as you get an older. adult yeah. when you're working full time, you,
1: you live with your girlfriend and yes. you got to make time to see your family. So I find it's, it's not easy to make new friends as an adult. Do you have a close circle? I do. I have like my three closest friends. I don't think I'd even have time for more than than that, to be honest.
0: But as I get Fair. older,
1: like I find my circle gets tighter.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, I agree with yeah. that. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And you're very close with your family all, uh, as well. That so helps. Yeah. That, that's I, very- I do have two siblings. We're all really close.
1: I have cousins. What's the difference in age? Not much. My brother's just... Over two years younger than me, my sister's five and a half years younger.
0: Okay. Yeah, so we're I'll all like
1: see. relatively close in age. And actually, the older we get, I find the closer we get. Yeah. We have a, a deeper appreciation for our parents as well. You know, when you're younger, you're just like, <laughs> yeah. And as get older, I get yeah, older, yeah, yeah, yeah. But as I get older, actually, I uh, I appreciate and respect my parents even more. And I actually Funny, enjoy yeah. hanging out with them more. And I listen to their advice more, and I listen more, which is what you I wish actually listen. Yeah, actually yeah. listen, which yeah. is what I wish I would have done uh, many years ago. Yes, could have avoided a lot of growing pains. But that's yeah. part of life. Absolutely,
0: of you learn a lot. Yeah, of course. Um, so we're going to definitely speak about um, you know, many different topics that I want to sp- you know speak about with you. Yeah. One, I think it's a good segue to go into is training. The whole okay. training, um. You know aspect simply because that's where our paths crossed and also yeah. i know that you got introduced to the whole training scene at a very young age because yeah. of i'm assuming your dad was a very yeah. um uh, influential figure in your life in terms of training yeah. um, t- speak to me about that how did that come about at such a young age how did he or you like how did he introduce it to you how how did you get introduced to it i want to know about that i've never heard the story so you got it you got to kind of spill the beads and and tell me a bit yeah we never actually stop in our day-to-day lives
1: to ask each other questions like that right Right. we never really do now now we will though now we will We're will. we're gonna do it so um growing up it was funny i had like two forces pulling me in different directions my mom was a music and art teacher so you know we were being brought to, you know, violin recitals, practices every week, uh, music, performances. It was like nonstop. Hmm. And then my dad, I don't know if you even know this, but my dad was actually a pro football coach in Europe in a D1 division. Um, I did not. Yeah. And he's always been like a super athlete, one like athlete of the year, multiple times in high school, all this stuff. So even from a young age, since I was like five years old, it my dad would like make it a a fun competition between us it was like oh let's see how long you could hold on to the monkey bars for or hey let's see if you could get up this hill first let's Mm. sprint and like we had parks all around us where i lived like i had three parks within you know walking distance or biking distance so uh my early days of you know playing outside with my dad um was without realizing it him tricking us into like basically Attempting these physical feats and making it a fun competition amongst each other like me and my brother because we were close in age and So I think that also helped us be competitive in a sense because he actually like made us competitive with each other and My brother because of that uh, We always pushed each other like we lived together up until I was 24 so we were both bodybuilding and training and We couldn't let the other guy one up, you know, so I actually have to say if it wasn't for my dad introducing us to sports that early in life and creating that sense of competition in the house, um, I don't think I would have excelled the way I excelled in bodybuilding, you know, so my brother also helped push me to do like you know i'd see him eating something i'd be like oh wow that's gonna go like right over there yeah yeah he'd call me out if i was cheating on my diet so it was interesting and my mom poor thing was caught in the middle of the the crossfires of uh living with the music and art teacher the amount of chicken breast we would send her to go buy at Costco
0: (laughs) was unholy yeah yeah so when was the first time that you actually like touched weights? Because now this, yeah. what, you, what you're telling me, the scenarios that you're speaking of is like the, I guess, prior to entering the gym, like the typical monkey bar thing, you go play at the yeah. park type thing yeah. and your dad instilling yeah. subconsciously a bit, yeah. you know, slipping it under the rug, so yeah. to speak, like the competition aspect, yeah. but speak to me about like, because I want I just want to know, yeah. like, how, how did that come about? Like, did he say one day, Chuck, you're old enough. I got to take you here because yeah. I got to show you how it's done. Yeah. Like how did Funny that work? Funny
1: story actually. So uh, once we stopped like training in parks and, and whatnot. Playing in parks. Playing in parks. Mostly training. Well, yeah, okay. Well, um, it, we always played sports. So my first experience of training was just for the sake of being better at what sport we were playing. So it was never really weightlifting. It was a lot of dryland training. Performance. Performance style, like, you know, we'd go to the gyms that had like the turf in it, a lot of plyos, a mm-hmm. lot of own body weight stuff. Um, but I actually remember the first time my dad took me to the gym was uh, two years before he opened his own gym. Uh, he was a trainer at Monster and- uh, Which is a gym here in the Montreal area. Yeah, yeah, in the West Island. And I hated it. <laughs> I went when I was like 14, I went to go weightlift, and I just remember not knowing how to breathe right wall weightlifting and i got like super nauseous and dizzy after like my first like four or five sets of like really put trying to push as much weight as i could and uh so like i got turned off by weightlifting and i was like screw that i'm just gonna keep doing my dryland training and i weighed like 120 pounds right and uh it was really only when he actually opened his own gym when i was about 16 around 16 that i was like okay well now I have a free gym membership and it was like a five minute walk from where I was going to school at the time. And it was really my first job was working for my dad, which of course you could imagine was
0: what well, kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So really it was like when my dad opened his first gym was when I really started getting into weightlifting and he taught me everything he knew about weightlifting and he was basically trying to to make me a coach at the gym as well so i could start training people under his certification and under his wing and yeah. all that stuff and then i fell in love with it cuz i immediately started seeing results uh, at the same time i started like you know eating better and and eating more and uh i liked it i i just fell in love with it i was hooked i remember my first year of weightlifting i gained like close to 20 pounds yeah but i again i weighed
0: 125
1: pounds at the same height i am today
0: and also considering the fact that that was a very good age to which you took advantage of because you're in your growing stages like between that 16 even 20 you start to thicken out as a guy absolutely and i see a lot of kids nowadays yeah That like immediately, you know, if they're not overweight and just the average kid or even not like very skinny, like that 100, 120 pound kid, I see a lot of them like not eating enough, not taking advantage of those years or testosterone, their growing pains, you know, that phase, not taking advantage of it. I took advantage of it so much, I remember, and I think that's what formed so much of my foundation, my just everything yeah everything comes from those years because i yeah. took advantage of it and i see so many kids nowadays yeah. like that just don't take advantage of it that go in like a calorie deficit for like months i'm like what are you doing
1: i think the earlier you start the better like this nonsense of it's gonna stunt your growth oh it's bullshit because my dad started weightlifting when he was like 12 13 and he's like five eleven. yeah and i'm 5 9
0: yeah so like What's his excuse? Like you know, exactly. It's it's silly. Uh, if if like I'll add on to that, especially yeah. if like obviously, like just from my perspective, I yeah. wouldn't want someone that's like fourteen now going to try to a lot of compression on their spine. No, but not do heavy intelligently.
1: Squats. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do any like super heavy compression on the spine. So basically the only two things I wouldn't make them do is like super heavy squats with the barbell or really heavy overhead press. Exact. Exactly. Other than that, like, I mean I, I I'm I'm I I know that if I would have started weightlifting even two years sooner, it would have laid a, a much better foundation for later. Like, Physically? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. The earlier you start kids, the the better, honestly. Yeah. Whether that's weightlifting or whether yeah. that's bodyweight, yeah. plyos, whatever. Because your body yeah. bounces back so fast <sighs> when you're that age. I used to weightlift for like two and a half hours just because I loved it. At the time, I was like, I thought more was better. Oh, <laughs> me too. <laughs> so I wouldn't do any cardio. I would just weightlift. I would do everything. I wouldn't leave until I've done like every exercise you could do for back <laughs> on back day. And, mm. uh, and then like two days later you're like oh i could train back again you can't do that at 32 like versus 16 like, yeah, it's still hurting yeah, after yeah two days and like <laughs> and the improvements you make at a young age are unbelievable like there's no way i'll be able to
0: do what i did those first few years every year after you know yep so having your dad there yeah you know at the parks when you guys were playing and training, yeah, yeah, uh, having your brother there too, yeah, uh, because I imagine he played a huge role in terms of building that competitiveness, that drive to get better, the drive to beat that guy next to you, just build that mental strength or that mental, um, just have that mental tool. He obviously played a, in somewhat a, a positive aspect with that. For sure. How did that, in terms of the park, your dad, your brother? then transitioning over to weightlifting and now you know you're getting older how did that and now you're able to look back on it yeah how did those times and those years as you know a young athlete a young person in the gym a young you know kid next to a dad that has a sports background that you see is opening up his facility and everything how did just that those amount of years develop and build the mental side where to now you you have those tools like what what do you see in terms of the connection from where you are now or like the past couple years to that did what came out of that in terms of the mental aspect well i'll i'll say this i it doesn't matter what
1: sport you play or what profession you're in i think the mental aspect is 80 percent of like i mean you could be As talented and as gifted as you want to be but if you don't build those kind of habits from a young age or instill those types of um, principles principles or mindset into your kids from a young age it doesn't matter what they do in life or what field they choose to go into whether it's sports or not um, it's so much of their success is going to come from uh, that mental aspect right? Because let's be honest, I was not the most physically gifted, I didn't put on muscle super easily. Uh, I had to work really hard for every inch. And if it wasn't for that mental aspect, or that determination, or that competitiveness, or that hunger for always needing more, that my dad instilled in us from a very, very young age, and continued to press On with even as the years went by I don't know if I would have gone to the point that I got to Hmm. in In bodybuilding In bodybuilding yeah for sure not yeah and also other areas of your life too for sure well being a classically trained musician also requires a lot of dedication discipline discipline that's the biggest one consistency yeah so all those things kind of also translated into sports so I think if you want to build a, a really well-rounded human being, you shouldn't just one thing like that. Even if they're never going to make something of it or become a professional, like I didn't make music in my career, I could have. But it still wasn't a waste. Like there's so much I learned from that and how much it helped me become the person I am today that I brought with me throughout everything else I've done.
0: Yeah, I see. Yeah. Aside from training in the gym when you were like 16, yeah, uh, did you play any sp- specific sports, competitive sports? Yeah. So I was a track athlete. Nice. Yeah.
1: Uh, wow. I did track. I did soccer up until like 14, but then hockey just took over. You know, once you get to a certain level in age, it's like, hey, you're on the ice five days a week, you know, and soccer was just in the summers and I started going to hockey camps in the yeah. summers to train for the next season. So It was really like mostly hockey, but also soccer when I was young, track. I did boxing for a couple of years. I did karate for like five years when I was a kid, which, by the way, really helps with flexibility. I think had I not done that at a young age, I wouldn't be as flexible as I am today also. So that's why also as an athlete, if you want to build a good athlete, put them in a lot of different sports. I also did swimming. Like my parents, I hated, hated swimming. But my parents forced me to do all my levels and do the all the swimming classes every year um, at our like local pool, whatever. And just having your body move in a lot of different ways, I feel helps create a well-rounded athlete,
0: so, and or and or human being. and or person. Yeah. yeah. Person. So, like I
1: was saying before, having you know the arts and having sports, um, it, it helped because they were two very different universes even the types of people that they attracted <laughs> and the types of interactions that you experience. So uh, I really, I always t- tell my parents that it was the best thing they could have done was to, to really force me to do both. And at a, and at a competitive level, yeah. not just, oh, I'm just going to do this for fun. Yeah.
0: To get eighth place.
1: Yeah. Like they were like, no, you're doing this and you're going to go compete as a violin soloist. I was five who does that at five like
0: i just wanted to play with my fucking toys so your mom you know had the music and art side your dad was more the sports um quote unquote uh army like uh, mindset if that makes sense little
1: little joe sergeant e yeah yeah that there we go we'll use that he's an intense character
0: so when you were in the field or the universe like you just said Um, in the music and art space, specifically violin, which we'll get into a bit later. Um, Did your dad have some sort of an influence also, or did he play a certain role even in the music and art uh, universe and vice versa too? Speaking of your mom, did she also have... Because, you know, I'm not in the music space. I've never been, but I know it takes a lot of dedication, discipline, consistency, focus. (laughs) You you know, it's solo, like you were just saying. So was your mom also influential or play a certain role also when you're playing sports and then vice versa with your dad because you had your dad the sports side and then your mom the music art side did it um kind of did they share um i'm interested to know that
1: it's that's a very interesting question i'll say this neither of them under really understood the other side but they always supported and encouraged
0: it which i think is so
1: Yeah. So my dad was like, you know, every week violin classes, he was supporting, he was paying for Mm -hmm. it. And he, he loved it. He was always so proud of it. He would never talk down about it. He would actually like show me off to to other kids. Like I remember once he brought me with my violin to play for my whole hockey team in the locker room when I was like a little kid. So you know what I mean? Like he, he, he encouraged it. Even if he didn't really understand that world, there was never a musician. He, he saw the merit, uh, I think. And my mom, she had her own way of, um, you know, supporting the whole bodybuilding or fitness dream. Even though, again, she was like, "I don't understand this whole like uh, uh, this <laughs> yeah, protein yeah. powders," but like she supported us in the in in other ways. Like she would go and you know get whatever groceries we needed. She helped cook all all, all of our meals oh. when we were starting out. So like that was her way of supporting our dream and and what we were doing, even mm. though like she didn't really get it or understand or why from, you're doing this. or come from any sports background. So it was, it was cool because both my parents did kind of support in their own ways, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, for sure. That's so interesting. And at the same time, like just hearing that, um, yeah. I wouldn't say the word is just lucky. I guess we could use that word, but it's just, it's very cool to see because yeah. a lot of young kids, um, don't necessarily probably have that much support as you had. Even, I was even, very
1: lucky to have the parents I had. Yeah. And nobody's perfect. They weren't perfect. But I was very fortunate to have parents fortunate, that, that's the word. that exactly. were in very involved in their kids' lives. Yeah. For sure.
0: I could relate to that. Same thing with my parents. Yeah. Um Like, you know, my mom understood what hockey was, I mean, but like didn't understand it to the degree as to like my dad so. but i bet she still drove you to all the practices oh, or and, tried like, or like you bought know you your hockey equipment exactly. top of the line equipment whatever you needed and and yeah. exactly and yeah. also not talk down on it like you mentioned yeah you yep. know so because it could you could easily go that route especially if you don't understand something and talk yep. easily talk down on it um but i think it's so important and very important too like for kids to be in sport it is. Or to be around sports. Especially or, team, or a, sports. team sports. But any sports, if you can get them in any sports, do it. Any type of discipline. Any type yeah. of thing that when you wake up in the morning, yeah. that kid knows, like, yeah. I have practice tonight. Yeah. Or I got to, you know, sleep. Or I got to just yeah. chase something and work towards something. Oh, it
1: helps to keep them out of trouble. I'll be the first one to say it. If I wasn't kept busy, I was the type of kid that would have gone probably into a lot of trouble as a teenager. But... I, I didn't do drugs. I didn't drink. I think I got drunk for the first time at like 17 at my best friend's house Mm -hmm. party. But it was because my day was so packed with this sport, that sport, violin recital practice. By the end of my day, I was I was finished. I was go to bed, wake up, repeat, go to school. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So like having your kids in a lot of different activities is a great way to keep them out of trouble. As well and you also create friendships and Mm. meet people through these avenues as well yeah which is good well look
0: that's how we kind of met yeah if it wasn't for my hockey uh, career and background I would have never met you your dad so yeah I'm I'm super grateful for that that that's so cool Um, yeah and just because I didn't speak about it so much just to give a bit of context um, I met uh, Chuck through his dad because I when I was 16 if I'm not mistaken or 15 uh, I was looking to obviously elevate my performance on the ice uh, just because I saw that I had a very small physique I had some encounters that didn't really work out to my favor in terms of like training camps and stuff so I was I got back to my computer I was like I gotta find something or someone to help me develop my performance so I could beat out all the other people and actually make the teams that I want to make and I found your dad on, like, Kijiji or something. No um, yeah, and uh And he had then gave me his number, said to call him, and I'm, like, 15, you know. So I get on the phone. I'm, like, speaking with him. And uh, I end up going to his facility, which is the facility yeah. uh, that, that, that you know I'm speaking of. Yeah. Um, and I remember this is the first encounter with your dad, okay? I oh still boy. remember it to oh this boy. day. What's, and, like, you know, just what's take what's into consideration, like, if you're listening or watching, like, I'm 15 years old I'm super tiny I was so small like this is my first like pretty much first time walking in a, in a gym or actually going to see like a, a, a trainer tr- a trainer yeah and yeah. being trained by this person <clears throat> so I arrived there and this is the first encounter like you know prior to the phone call I'm walking in there with like a little it, it looks like a vending machine t- almond uh, bag and I'm eating the almonds and before he even says like hi is like I can't remember word for word what he said, but he was like, "You know what? What are you doing? You're eating almonds, and we're about to trade." And just the encounter, I was like, "What uh, did I do wrong?" Almonds. (laughs) Uh, And just that, I was like, "I was like, I'm kind of in the right place." Oddly, how I received it, and
1: and by the way, he said it probably a lot more abruptly and at a much higher octane and level bag like his voice was loud he was he probably kind of yelled
0: at him very first time ever meeting him very precise exactly yeah Uh, so you're getting the picture of what went on but i remember just from that day i was like this is it this is the place this is the person um something so different that I got attached to was nothing that had to do so much with the physical aspect in terms of like the exercise or whatnot, but it was his mentality and the approach that he took as like an army sergeant. Yeah. And for me, I was like, you know, and yes, we could put the the exercises and the understanding and the knowledge, but above that, for me, the way I was like, whoa, I like this yeah. was all of that. Yeah. Is that he was able to bring your mental state into this sphere or bubble yeah. and realize the potential that you had and realize like you still were able to do all this yeah and that formed everything and i remember the year later i was lapping people did you ice. make prep school yeah you, you I, I played midget triple a yeah um then went on and played junior in the states junior That's a right. in ontario came back here played a bit of junior triple a yeah. um but like that shaped everything. Yeah. I I was lapping people. People didn't. I had like a third lung. Yeah. It was so crazy. And just my mental strength. I remember like that. There was a yeah. shift. And people would always say like I wasn't the biggest person. I'm still not the biggest person. No, but right. like I remember everyone would say like he works like a dog. That was the whole description. Yeah. And and I got a lot of that from 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 your dad and that's how we met because then after that you took over and you were training me and one of my other hockey buddies Um, And you had the same type of uh, tools and Structure and I I was just like that's that's the best. That's the best. That's what kids need That's what people in sports need that mentality that approach. I I loved it. And that's how we met How's your training like been lately? Not the way it used to be when we were <laughs> training you at the gym. <laughs>
2: but yeah, I
1: mean, our our mantra was always um, to make it much tougher. I know everyone nowadays about trying to make everything less tough, but, comfortable. Yeah, but we were the opposite. It was like let's make this as tough as and as uncomfortable as possible, so that when they step on the field, on the basketball court, or on the ice, that One minute shift seems easy. So like we would say, oh, you could do 25 squat jumps. Okay, here's a 25 pound weight vest. Now you're going to go do all your squat jumps with the 25 pound weight vest and wait, Keep it on because guess what? When you play hockey, your equipment gets wet. Yeah. that was my dad's excuse for keeping a 25 pound weight test <laughs> on for an entire hour workout
0: in addition to that yeah there was like a 10 pound like stick looking bar body bars yeah, body yeah for bars. The hockey
1: players You see those so that their stick would feel like nothing when they which were like, yeah.
0: to me i've never seen anything uh yeah. since no one's doing that for yeah. hockey players well, well like look, why the,
1: our, our, our our athletes were getting such good results that my dad ended up coaching uh guys that went on to win Stanley Cups. Uh, one one particular guy with the Boston Bruins. He he also trained Vincent LaCavalliere yep, Vince around the same time. Yep. He started training you as well. Yep. So I'm sure you didn't know that. But my no, dad no, was already uh, basically the strength coach for a lot of pro athletes. We had a couple NCAA Division One basketball players that lived in Montreal, so they'd come back during the off season and train with him. Yep. Uh, some football players, uh, soccer players, but yeah, it was mostly hockey players. But yeah, yeah. That
0: was our mantra. Tougher. And it's the harder, the better. Yeah. And it's crazy because um, the most difficult exercise physically and mentally, and you could probably guess what I'm about to say. What what was it? Was it it the plank? Yes. (laughs) Nobody likes doing
1: the plank. plank, And he was like, if you can't do a five minute plank, I don't consider you an athlete. Yep. That was his standard. It was a five minute plank if you
0: wanted to be considered a real athlete. Yep and that first day that i walked in with the almonds uh he you know made me do pull-ups made me do sprints in like the gym because it was like a gym uh area to the facility and like a gymnasium yeah and also a gym uh but he made me do pull-ups and then at the end he's like drop down we're gonna do the plank and then he puts uh the timer and I needed to hit five minutes and it was so brutal to get to five minutes. And you'd
1: purposely always do it at the very end of the workout. Always. That was like the abs or the core it was always like the workout finisher. So you'd be like ready to just roll over and like Dumb. pass out yeah. basically from <laughs> yeah. the workout. And then you'd be like, okay, time to do the plank.
0: Yeah. End of the workout. And you when know what? Your it's... shoulders are
1: burnt oh. and everything's burnt and it's just like, what?
0: Yeah. And that was the first day. And then I don't know how many months later, but I ended up doing like a 16 minute plank uh non-stop and but like if it was all mental after after you cross a certain like checkpoint in terms yeah. of the time it was all mental and yeah um yeah so training lately for you training for me lately it's it's mostly just i go to the gym four
1: days a week mm-hmm. um i play hockey once a week love it that's uh that's like my therapy time with the boys that's just good. play sports sports is still like my Same. one true love it's fun you know, and so I just go, I weight lift four days a week. I do some cardio that's good. and I play hockey once a week and, uh, that's it really.
0: Nutrition. What does nutrition look like? Do nutrition.
1: A- I'm actually pretty good. Like yeah. 80, 85% of the time. Uh, I'll, I'll usually have a shake a day. Uh, breakfast is usually some eggs, um, or some vector cereal or some oatmeal, um, and then i'll always have like a fish or a chicken for lunch with some veggies and same at dinner i'll have like a bison burger yeah. with more veggies and maybe some rice throughout the year i keep it simple which is that simple. that which works easiest for me i've always yeah. taught my clients because um, when i was first coaching i was always like oh we got to do it the way i did it and that's the best way because it worked for me but that in reality, I've over time, you get better and better as a coach as well. I've learned that the best meal plan and workout plan is the one that's easiest for the client to follow. Mm-hmm. Because they're way less likely to fall off the bandwagon. Absolutely. Um, and at the end of the day, you want consistency, which is going to bring about progress. Yes. So making everybody eat six, seven meals a day...
0: Is not realistic. It's not
1: the best approach. No. no. Definitely not no.
0: realistic. And one of the main questions that I always ask my clients or potential clients is, what do you do as, as work? Do you go to school? Yeah. What does your schedule look like? Because that changes. Yeah. I don't, you know... there's a huge change. And I always base myself off of like what their schedule looks like. What do they do as as work? Um, What do they have access to? So that's a very important um, uh, aspect that you mentioned. Over the years, did you ever like, there's a lot of trial and error, as you may know, nutrition, workouts, whatever it is, there's a lot of trial and error with a lot of things. Have you dabbled into different uh, quote-unquote diets or ways of eating throughout the years yes I tried every single one <laughs> here's here's my
1: shtick okay how can I have an opinion on something or tell somebody else about the experience of being on that type of diet or even supplement or type of training program if I haven't done it myself so I was really my own guinea pig I mm. tried being vegetarian for a, an, an entire month I was like let me do this for a month never tried vegan I always still had some eggs whatever but i tried being vegetarian for a month I've done um zero carb diets keto mm-hmm. I don't know if I actually wasn't in, in ketosis because uh, I was still eating you know probably a few cups of greens a day yeah and that's usually enough to even knock you out of keto so everybody who thinks they're in ketosis chances are you're not if you even if you're eating three cups of vegetables even if it's like nightshades you're not in ketosis yeah so i even tried like zero carb diets like no fruit no grains zero carbs except for vegetables protein and fats yeah tried that tried carb cycling high carb low fat high fat low carb not zero carb but i've tried them all okay the only one i haven't tried honestly
0: is the carnivore diet my girlfriend and i are gonna fully commit to it like at probably the start of november so like Um, zero fruits zero vegetables so there's carnivore organs and there's carnivore and then there's animal based Okay, we're gonna do animal-based, which okay. is no vegetables. Fruits is okay. Okay, a uh, healthy fat, so like avocado. Nuts. Um like I already. Well, we both eat very well, right? Because I'm someone who's routine, and I always say is that that's the only thing I I know. I yeah. don't know the other stuff i i mm. don't in, in terms of obviously i know but i, I never that's how i kind of that's how i'm wired when i walk into a grocery store or something i'm, yeah. I'm just that's all i know quote unquote right. i'll so, save you the trouble tofu ain't it oh i
1: tried being vegetarian for a month yeah <laughs>
0: and then yeah. there's energy levels how you feel your strength, uh, strength. recovery yeah. for sure yeah, yeah. Uh, mental clarity a bunch of different things yeah. but i always say like too if something works for you and you feel like a one top yeah, notch different yeah do 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 what works best for you but yeah. uh yeah in terms of like the whole animal based or carnivore in other words but right. animal based, like that's something we'll do Very cool. like i already still eat like you know a lot of steak chicken um beef liver um i
1: actually like liver
0: but when it's like chopped up and yeah i don't like eating liver steak but. okay um but yeah we want to do that. uh, Just to see just to see. um, Yeah, just to see because I've, you know, spoken, listened to a lot of uh, people who actually dabbled their nose into, you know, animal based, in other words, and there's a lot of positive, and especially just the fact that you're eliminating vegetables. A lot of the anecdotal evidence
1: that I've seen for carnivore diet is when you say carnivore animal based animal also? based or carnivore okay both to be honest yeah uh has been really really amazing and it for people that are suffering from like chronic illnesses or mm-hmm. inflammatory illnesses even for like clearing up their skin uh i know a few people that like it, it really really helped changed
0: change their entire health complete yep. 180 yeah so yeah. I'm going to, cool. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of try that. So that's one that you haven't done yet. No, I've
1: never I've never tried going purely animal based and just fruits or completely carnivore.
0: Would it be something no. that interests you to try?
1: Absolutely. Um, I'm always open
0: to trying stuff. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, along with training, what does recovery yeah. look like in terms of have you or and not even yeah. speaking about necessarily like yeah. now, but um, have you done? And or kept the consistency with certain recovery tools, massage, sauna, cold plunge. um, You know, there's a bunch of different other things, but have there been things that were like a part of your routine as a staple?
1: So I'm really bad now, but when I was in the thick of it, uh, I would do yoga once a week, minimum once every two weeks, like minimum, minimum. I usually tried to aim for once every single week and I really, really liked it. I also sauned, I don't want to say religiously, but even till this day, it's the one thing that I still really enjoy doing. But I'll never do it for more than like fifteen minutes. I know he like lives in it. But <laughs> yeah. You belong in the Sahara. But th- that's but, amazing though. But, but but my sauna, even at my condo, is crazy hot. It gets up to like one ninety six. Fahrenheit, which yeah. is probably wait, what
0: is it? Ninety two probably.
1: It's hot yeah so the steam old room child. the sauna those i've always enjoyed and incorporated uh, i like how they make me feel um injuries i'm I'm not good with the cold plunging i just put a bag of peas from the freezer
0: <laughs> that works it's kind of old school yeah <laughs> <It> doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't really work i don't know yeah so one one um 196 or around that it's like 92 celsius which is to me it's a very good um like perfect temperature. oh my god it's so good yeah usually my max in that is like Max, I'll sit in that for 15 minutes that's after a workout. That's amazing. And yeah. just, just that, whether it's once, twice a week, yeah. Or that's, that's, that's so that's good. That's usually what I do. Yeah. yeah.
1: How do you feel after the sauna? Uh, fantastic. Yeah, I love it. I literally feel like I'm just sweating out all the toxins in my body. Yeah. I don't know if it's because I just believe it. P- placebo or something. I, I just genuinely, it's the same feeling I get after I do hot yoga. Like I get out of the hot yoga and I feel great
0: amazing yeah i feel great god i love hot yoga. so i
1: just go based on how things make me feel like screw whatever you read online or what you think you know if you try something and you feel great after doing it just continue Stick doing
0: it 100 yeah. we had some also uh some we shared a past with competitions Yes. How was that winning your first competition? Because obviously we we kind of shared that together, that winning moment, but we never actually got the time to sit down like this and break that down. And I know it's already been years because I shared with you recently that it was like, what was it, eight or nine years ago. How was that? It was, I think,
1: no, it was more, dude. It was almost 11 Cause I, I did that first show a few, it was literally two days before or a day before my 21st birthday mm-hmm. oh and I'm 32. So I'll never forget. It was like a day before my birthday. So crazy. So yeah. So I was actually 20 uh, when I did that show. So we're looking at like um, 11 and a half years ago. Crazy. But you know how they say like there's certain moments in your life that like launch your, your life in a different trajectory or like your life was completely changed because of that one moment, winning that first show for me um, and having that experience was paramount, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: paramount in my future success. I mean, after that, even though it was like a small regional show, there weren't that many people at the time that were doing men's physique or bodybuilding shows in general. It really exploded in like the five or six or seven years following that year that we did our first show together so after that first show i picked up like a meal prep sponsor i picked up another sponsor with a supplement company rivalis and next thing you knew i was getting flown out to to uh where was it halifax for nationals you know and uh they were paying for my photo shoots and it was crazy and and it and having that victory or and it it just it gave me a lot of I wanna say confidence and self-belief that, wow, I worked so hard and put all my effort into this thing that I knew, by the way, nothing about at the time. It was my first ever show. I didn't know any of the promoters, any of the big names in the industry, nothing. I didn't even know how to prepare for my spray tan. But that success really launched me into basically the rest of my fitness career and gave me that belief that, hey, listen, if you work really hard, at something you're you could succeed at whatever you really, really set your mind and heart to. And so that was like a very, very specific moment in my life that like completely I think changed my life forever. Really? Oh yeah. Eve to that extent. Yeah. I mean it led to so many other opportunities and 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 you know had I really sucked that first show Maybe I wouldn't have wanted to compete again or really take the fitness thing super far, and uh, I think having success early on gave me a bit more of that confidence to be mm-hmm. like hey you could you could do this like keep keep working at it.
0: It could take you places when was the last competition
1: <sighs> pains me to say, but it was uh <laughs> when I was twenty four so seven years ago uh, and wow. And it really sucks because I was two and a half months out from making a comeback uh, hmm. at a at a show and then COVID hit hmm. and my show got canceled. So I was already like two months into prep. I was looking phenomenal. Wow. Uh, yeah. And I was doing most of my own coaching at that point, you know, and uh, yeah. And they just called off the show and then I was, and then, you know, COVID hit, all the gyms were closed. I kind of lost that spark for fitness and that passion just because... You know, if I couldn't train at a gym, it just wasn't the same. Yeah. And I used that opportunity to go into to real estate. Speaking
0: about yeah. real estate.
2: Yeah.
0: Give me a bit of context. What's been going on with that? How did you get introduced to it? Why? when, Like when? Yeah. Now you just yeah. kind of answered it. Um, give me a bit of the understanding. Yeah. Um,
1: well, it's interesting. I actually wanted to go into real estate when I was 21. I was in my last year at CGEP, or 20. And I told my parents I wanted to drop out of school because I, I just didn't care about anything that I was studying at the time. Um, still didn't in university. Um, and uh, so I was like, yeah, I think it's, a, it's an interesting avenue. And, I, and the one thing I noticed is all the guys that were the most successful, the one thing they all had in
0: common was they had a really big real estate portfolio. Or it was part of their success. When you say like the big guys or however you just put it, not specifically real estate, just like successful people. Is that yeah, what you mean? Yeah. Okay.
1: Like the people that I knew that had a lot of money, like the Grand Cardones yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. They had, all, had a
0: good rolling yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: They all seemed to like have money invested in real estate. That was like a big staple in their portfolio. Yes. You know, and um, I knew some people that were already in that field. A couple years older than me and uh, my parents were like no uh, you should just go to university get your degree finish and then that's it Um, so I was like okay whatever it's this it's it's definitely a big risk going into that plus I was so young I was like who's gonna trust me to buy a house you know I'm 20 21 whatever and then when COVID hit I was like you know what this is the best opportunity I'll ever have to learn a new skill and to get the ball rolling because i'll never have as much time as i do right now because hmm. okay. i was already running a business where i was putting in 40 hours a week plus and it was making me a lot of money and now that the gyms are closed i wasn't really doing much personal training i was just doing the online coaching so now i had several hours in my day that hmm. opened up for we're free yeah freed up so i was like hey this would be like the best time to to really give it a go and
0: revisit that and that was it so okay when you were that 2021 20, yeah um that thought that you had in your mind and then yeah. you got the like the advice from your parents saying like you know go to university don't necessarily get a do degree the, get a degree yeah um from 2021 covid was what like three three and a half years ago i think three and a half years it started ago? yeah, yeah started. like three years ago so yeah. between when you had that thought at yeah. 21 so did you put that on the back burner and then revisit it revisit that when you were like 28, 29? Exactly. Really. Yeah,
1: yeah. so I revisited about 7 years uh, wow. later. Yeah. And the thing was it, it takes like a year or a year plus before you could actually start working as a broker. So from the time I signed up for the courses online to the time I finished my exam, got my certification, yada yada, yada yep. got my license, sorry, and was actually able to start,
0: like it was already more than halfway through that COVID era, so how how did that snowball build up when you were 29 Like, did you just realize, like, you know, one night you were like, you know, hey Chuck, I got a, I got, I got like seven hours free in my day because of yada yada yada. Yeah. How did that come about? I'm I'm so interested in that because yeah. obviously. Yeah, revisiting something happens. after yeah. seven years, yeah. it takes a lot of, I guess, courage and like, okay, F it, yeah. like, I'm, I'm doing this yeah. now.
1: Well, people also have to understand that uh, I I was in fitness since the age of 15. So after a certain amount of time doing the same thing, it gets a little repetitive, kind of feels a little bit like Groundhog Day, mm. right? And I still do online coaching and why bury that business? It's It's on autopilot at this point. Um, so I was like, okay, um, I saw a few other guys that I knew that were really successful with it, uh, that I was friends with. And like I said, I mean, uh, once I wasn't able to train in gyms anymore or run a real personal training business anymore, I was like, this is my perfect opportunity to learn a new skill something that I think that's valuable, and guess what, even if it fails and I absolutely hate the work, I still would have learned really important skills that are gonna help me when it comes time for me to invest hmm. in real estate or buying a home, et cetera, et cetera, and it already has. Hmm. Um, so I figured, worst case scenario, I learn about real estate, best case scenario, I learn, about, learn real about real estate th- and I make money.
0: Yes, so you have that tool.
1: Yeah, and nobody tool. could take that away from me anymore. So um, it doesn't like for me. It was like a there was no really lose lose situation. situation. Yeah.
0: yeah. Any tips for first time buyers? <sighs> okay, is, is that a big question? R- right, <laughs> right now
1: it's going to be tough, um, especially if you're a, a single income, right? So what what I've noticed is uh, the properties that have been hurt the most recently are condos. Well, like smaller condos, anything that's like in the about $500,000 range and lower. Because who's buying those? It's usually first time homeowners or young people who are, you know,
0: looking to exactly or a
1: young couple. Um, And so those people have just been wiped out because of the interest rates houses everybody still needs a house families need a place to live you have two incomes they're usually in their mid-30s or even you know late 20s and up um so on paper they're a lot more solid you know um whereas for a condo that's like five six hundred square feet or less like it's usually somebody in their mid-20s looking to buy their first property mm-hmm. for like three hundred fifty thousand dollars. right Impossible when interest rates are at six percent. Right. The stress test right now is at nine percent. The what sort? Stress test that the banks are using, which it's is 9%. which is what
0: if, so for people who don't understand what that yeah. means. What so does that mean? like
1: the interest rate that the bank gives you isn't the interest rate that they're actually using when they're doing their calculation to see if they're going to approve you on a mortgage, right? So you have like the
0: stress test and then the actual interest rate that the bank's going to give you on hmm. your property. Yeah. i did not know that yeah so stress tests s-t-r-e-s-s so like stress we call test. It the stress test okay test, yeah.
1: just yeah. for people who don't so they understand. base it off the bank of candidate rate and yep. uh yeah i mean it's it's tough it's tough yeah wow I so can't... my advice to first time home buyers if you want to uh get into the market you're gonna need to save up uh for sure a lot more for a bigger down payment just because chances are you're not co-signing with you know, your husband or your wife who also brings in $150,000 a year or even $85,000 a year. So you don't have a really strong file that you could present to the bank. Makes sense. So if you're, you know, first time homeowner, 25, 26, 27, you're making, even if it's like $100,000 a year, you're going to need a much bigger down payment to get approved on that same mortgage, Mm -hmm.
0: right? Yeah, I've even heard of certain scenarios of people uh, actually giving like, A huge down payment and still not getting like yeah it's very difficult even there you need cosigners or yeah Yeah. wow and would you say that's just because of the recent uh changes in terms of like the percentage or the uh, the the rate and all that yes
1: and and for people that are like waiting for interest rates to come come. down um the reality is i think the days of like 1.5 to 2.5 percent interest are like over we're probably going to be telling our grandchildren stories about that like i God. have 2.5 truck yeah yeah <laughs> keep it yeah. um <laughs> but yeah like i do think they're going to come down but i don't think they're ever going to go back or at least not for a very long time you know real estate it's on a much larger cycle yeah. usually we look at real estate on a 30 year cycle um and so um <clears throat> I personally actually think that when interest rates are high is when you could find the best deals on properties because sellers are obviously gonna be a little more desperate there's less buyers in the market that are shopping and so interest rates will fluctuate they'll always fluctuate They'll they never stay the same but what you can't change is the purchase price of the property So it's like a short-term pain for a long-term gain, Mm -hmm. right? So, okay, I bought this property this year for $100,000 less than I would have paid a year and a half ago. Sure, okay, 2.53% interest then. But what happens when my interest starts to come down, you know? Trust me, you're not paying $100,000 more in interest in your first two, three years of your mortgage. So my advice to people would be take a shorter term right now because there is a strong likelihood that they'll start to eventually come down. Um, who, When, who knows? I personally don't think for at least another six months to even a year, to be honest. But it's definitely a better deal to buy something at a huge discount now, pay a little bit more upfront, <clears throat> but then once your interest rate comes down yeah even if you're paying 20 grand more in interest at the beginning the first few years but you saved $100,000 on the property in terms of hmm. how much it would cost to purchase the gap is still 80k so did you still come out the winner i see yeah yeah, yeah. even if it's costing you $20,000 more in interest than it would have costed you
0: you know a year and a half ago yeah you mentioned the word like desperate it's true that a lot of people will end up being desperate and or have already started doing that because of a desperate uh, state or situation that they're in. Like, I, I just got to sell. I got to sell. So many people, yeah. like, especially probably during COVID where they're getting, like, these renovations or these things that, on their land or they're like, I'll just shove it on my... Um, on my um, uh,
1: line of credit? Line of credit. Mortgage. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, and then, you know, they're probably... In, a, yeah. in in a situation where they're like well um you know i gotta yeah. I gotta survive for my family, we gotta survive, so we'll sell and
1: yeah. well, there's also a percentage of the population that just needs to move right every every year you're gonna have people that whatever for whatever reason need to move for work, mm. have to relocate because of family, school zoning, whatever the case may be, there's always going to be people that just need to either buy or sell a house so you also have that aspect as well that people. Tend to ignore or forget about yeah
0: so look at it looking at it from the other side and you kind of explained it a bit but any tips for first-time sellers for people who are looking to sell for don't
1: sell alone
0: elaborate on that
1: um a lot of people think that they could sell a property themselves and skip out on you know getting a broker and paying a commission and uh you're probably going to actually lose more money hmm. trying to save 4% than if you pay a professional their 4%
0: to properly
1: market and sell your property.
0: And to, I imagine, take care of all the knickknacks of like getting the deal signed and settled.
1: That's the other thing when it comes to contracts. I mean, 80% of our course was literally real estate law and drafting. So if you're trying to sell your own property and you're trying to skimp out on three, four, or even 5% and you don't word a clause properly, you're now not protecting yourself anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, why take that risk? Like, would you rather buy a car from a dealership and uh, even if it's a used car and, you know, buy insurance with it and have it checked you know, bumper inspected. to bumper inspected, yeah. or or would you rather buy a car off Kijiji? And that's by the way between a thirty to a sixty thousand okay, dollar item that makes more sense. Now you're talking about the one biggest asset and investment you own, where there's hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line. So if right. you wouldn't do it for something a car bigger. that's like thirty to sixty thousand or whatever eighty thousand dollars. Why would you take that risk with your biggest asset? To me, it's crazy
0: that people think that they'll just be okay. So then segueing into um, speaking about like, you know, choosing the right, I guess, real estate agent or person working yeah. for you and not selling alone.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, any advice for someone like what should someone look for? To kind of team up, in other words, with someone to sell, what should they look for in terms of like, you know, I don't, how does that, I don't even know how that works. I've never actually sold anything in terms of, you know, real estate or something uh, like a home or anything, but uh, any advice in terms of searching or looking for the right real estate agent? Of course. And actually my best advice
1: to anybody (laughs) is to actually interview more than one person for the job. That's the best advice I could give. They're gonna, you're gonna invite them over to your house. They're gonna, you know, put together a market analysis of your property. They're gonna show you the comparables, all the homework that they did. And you'll be able to see or get a gut feeling as to who knows their shit the most, who actually put in the time before this meeting to really do their homework and study your property. And then from there, make your decision. So, my recommendation is always interview a few people for the job. I see. Yeah. Don't just go with uh, your, your brother's friend just because <laughs> uh, you know him and uh, you guys uh, used to go to parties together in high school. Yeah. Y- you know what I mean? Interview a few people for the job. And actually, in my experience, <laughs> working with friends and family is not the best, actually. Yeah.
0: That's good advice. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. So ever since now you began the journey, we'll call it of real estate. Yeah. And diving into that, um, I imagine you've accumulated or grew your port real estate portfolio. Yep. Um, if you want to share how many properties or whatever, that could be something a cool topic. But the main question I have yeah. is how does the management work? Like how do you manage a portfolio if you have five, ten, fifteen, twenty Properties because before the reason why I'm asking you about that is because before you mentioned like You know during COVID when I had my personal training business. I looked and I was like damn I have like Hours that freed up. I'll do real estate. How does that work nowadays in terms of management and or time? Right, so Just like most other businesses
1: You have to delegate right we all have jobs we all work between 30 to 50 or 60 hours a week whatever it is. Joey doesn't work by the way this is all he does. So no. in Joey's case 10 hours a week. Um, <laughs> you should have
0: added a seventh point on that yeah, list yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. Doesn't work. Not employed <laughs> never has been. No no. no. Just roasts in the sauna and that's yeah, all yeah. he does. Yeah, just sits in saunas. That's it and hopes
1: for the best. Uh, no so um yeah so you have to delegate. So if you, if you're plan is to invest in a lot of doors you got to and unless you want to pull your own hair out i would really um try to get a a really good management company and again just like with car insurance shop around interview a lot of people get different quotes look at their portfolio try to talk to somebody that they already work with to get their feedback Mm. Because if you work full time, you have kids, yada, 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 you go to the gym, like, you're not going to really do a good job of managing 20 or even 12 doors. If you have a 12 plex or two six plexes or whatever, then somebody whose full time job is just to check up on all their properties every week or give you a report at the end of every month Hmm. on how your property is doing, what needs attention, what doesn't, et
0: cetera. So... When did it come to the point where you were like, I got to delegate? And um, a, I imagine, yeah.
1: So I'm, I'm, I only, I sold my condo last year and I just invested in a, a new construction, a 26 Plex in Gatineau with two wow. partners. Yes. Wow, Chuck. Nice. Yes. And um, I'm lucky because one of the people that um, partnered with one of the other investors, he's already really big in that area. And our management or the guy who, um, Owns a management company has skin in the game as well. Hmm. So he's actually already invested with my partner on another building together and on another building in the same project because he's building like one six side by side. Or, yeah, like eight of them, I think, side by side. So that was easy. I didn't have to do any heavy lifting or shopping around. It was like, okay, this guy already works with my partner. They already like each other. They're invested together on another building. There's that rapport there's that trust he's already doing a good job with his other buildings easy i didn't have it was one less thing to worry about and that was also one of the things that made this partnership um interesting to me and for everybody out there when you're looking for a partner real estate or not real estate or not you, you should always look at what are your strengths what are your weaknesses and what are they bringing to the table what are their strengths what are their weaknesses i don't recommend also again partnering with your best buddy or your best friends just because you guys get along and you and be like i want to make money exactly like if you
0: both have the same weaknesses that's not going to be a good partnership so are there any specific strengths and or weaknesses probably not the weakness part but yeah. are there any certain points where you're where you're like does he have this does he have uh, if he doesn't have that you know automatically right away that that's not going to be an option to partner with.
1: Well, one of the things that that was really important for me because I don't have a huge portfolio to fall back on when applying for the loan with the banks was the fact that I needed to find a partner that did. I see. So that we could get the loan. The hardest thing is is if you the have a down payment, it's not having the money for the down payment. It's it's getting a bank to approve you on a big project like that. It's getting Mm. the loan. So for me, the most important thing was teaming up with somebody that had that strength with the banks. And he already has a lot of buildings. And so just the file with him alone would have passed. (laughs) So I didn't have to worry about that anymore. And the fact that he has experience in that area was another bonus and he knows that market well. And then the fact that he also knew a management company and a manager that he's already worked with in the past, home run. Nice. So for me, it was like, hey, this is like, and what, what was he getting in return? You know, right. it's like, okay, well that seems pretty one-sided. He just needed to raise more capital. He needed money. That was my contribution so it was symbiotic nice and by doing this one deal i'm also going to learn a lot so and hopefully it'll turn into from there yeah into other build even
0: more from there yeah nice Uh, i'm huge into things like uh ai and tools obviously digitally you know i'm huge into just the media side of things uh, in terms of computer and software that's your strength that's my weakness (laughs) i know (laughs) so Kind of speaking about that, are there any things like virtual um, uh, visits or, you know, because I imagine COVID must have been like a certain adaptation or there was a lot of pivoting going on. it's because I'm mentioning that because I had uh, these two, two of my friends here, two guys that were like, they, they helped generate leads for, well, they were recently doing specifically real estate agents and now they moved more into, um, uh, commercial? No, like uh, financial advisors or something. Oh, like that. wow. Okay. They said it in French. I'm not too sure if I'm translating it correctly, but uh, yeah, they were doing that. And they mentioned the word often was uh, pivoting, adapting during COVID because their sales yeah. personally and while together dropped 80% during COVID because they were aimed towards real estate agents. And because they couldn't uh, do their in-person visits, it affected their it's business. Hard to retain clients that you can never meet. Exactly. And yeah. for them creating leads yeah. um, for real estate agents, that was very difficult, yeah. specifically and especially Quebec because that's yeah. where they're based. So does a certain like, is there anything virtual or AI implemented into like visits or how, how does that work? So there are virtual visits. I personally don't like them.
1: Uh, but if you're an international investor, you kind of don't have a choice. You Unless you get on a plane and you want to go see the property, you know, it is what it is. But I was lucky that Mm. when I started real estate, um, it was already like a year and a half-ish into COVID. So some of the rules started getting a little more lax. So we were now allowed to do visits in person. We just had to wear masks. So I was never doing real estate at the very beginning when it was like, yeah, you couldn't do visits in person. It was all virtual. You just had to look at videos and pictures and that's it. Did so. that person need to wear a mask also? Virtually? <laughs> uh, <laughs> honestly, I wouldn't put it past our uh, Quebec
0: government. Bro, because there was some Zoom meetings and stuff where Dude, people... <laughs>
1: they'd be on Zoom calls... Wearing their masks. Mask what the hell? In their own house. Oh. My favorite is people driving... Car. Their with the car clothes. Alone. With, the, with by, the windows up. By the way, driving in their car alone, windows up, wearing like two masks.
0: And then the third one is hanging on their on their rear view mirror. You got to ask,
1: how many condoms does that person wear when they have <laughs> <laughs> if They're wearing two masks with the window rolled. We're going to clip that. <laughs> I hope not. Get <laughs> out there.
0: Um so that kind of answers it for the virtual i'm just curious because i I, you know i i like to see because obviously that could probably factor in in terms of time accessibility like you say for international deals but at the same time there's pros and cons for a lot of different things yeah Uh, and especially i think if you're someone's strength is that in-person touchy-feely conversation type thing you want to take advantage of of your strength that is my strength yeah okay like
1: i'm not a biggest fan of and i i mean listen when you have a lot of listings you don't have a choice like setting up a lockbox with a key and just letting them do the visit mm. i find that when i'm able to be there and take the client through the property i'm i'm bombastic i like to highlight the pros and kind of you know um give that homey feeling to them and well that's it or even give them ideas on how they could change the space mm. based on what what their vision is so i'll, I'll ask questions I'll be like, oh, so you know, what would you do different with this property?
0: I Because if they don't
1: like something about it, it's like, okay, well, what would you, what would add you like in? to change or, or, or add or whatever? And then I'm like, oh, well, you could actually build a wall there; it would work because it's just jip rock, and you know, there's no beam in the way. But like, so I, I just start giving them ideas, cool. and a lot of times they they get into it and they're like, oh yeah, I didn't think of that. You could actually, yeah, okay, cool, and you know, yeah, it and, builds and, their vision, yeah. Or even just adding, uh, you know, <clears throat> changing the light fixtures and, and the blinds could make and painting the walls makes a huge difference on, on how a place could look. Feel. So it, it was interesting. I had a client and like the house was like a horrible color. It was a good property, but like the blinds were horrendous. The, the walls were painted different colors in every single room mm-hmm. and the light fixtures were hideous. So they were great clients because like we started getting visits at first and we weren't really getting a lot of action and the one or two offers we got were lobo offers. I was like, listen, guys, I know it's gonna be a pain in the ass, but spend like seven, eight thousand dollars, change all your blinds, paint the whole place fucking white. Neutral. Just mm-hmm. just paint it white or an off white. Change like six, seven of these light fixtures, and let's resume the visits. They hammered it out. In a weekend amazing they didn't even have a guy come over to paint the, the dad and the mom just like good they did it we <laughs> resumed the visits met I mean, nothing else was changed by the way just those three things right uh, all the window coverings light fixtures and just repainted the whole house white okay um, and I just repositioned some furniture that was it we ended up getting like I think it was like five offers in one weekend hmm. and they ended up selling for 30k over asking god that
0: paint paid off
1: because it's people have a hard time visualizing what it could look like totally agree with that even if you're like yep. trying to highlight it and selling it they have a hard time so there's certain things you could do that will
0: really like help your property sell for more have a huge positive impact. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I totally agree with that, that the people yeah. don't necessarily have the uh, larger vision of what it could be or how yeah. it could look. Yeah. Um, since you started your real estate journey, um, yeah. has there been a very rewarding and or challenging experience that you've came across that you'd like to... that oh, The no, one that yeah. really stands out though, that whether, you know, anything, one that really stands out though, and I'm and I'm asking yeah. you this just because I don't have a real estate portfolio or I haven't really, yeah. you know, dove into that. So I'm I'm curious to to, yeah. to see what yeah.
1: the biggest challenge is not knowing necessarily your drafting your law. Those you have to. You have to know your your stuff inside out. To be a good broker, um and a coach, so it kind of translated mm-hmm. from fitness, um, which is why I still like doing coaching. It keeps me sharp with dealing with different personality types. Yeah. But um, the one thing and the biggest challenge compared to fitness is it's still a service, you're, you're selling your service it's a service based interest, uh, business or industry is dealing with people yeah. when they're at their most stressed and at their worst fitness, it's a very different people are coming in, they're sweating, endorphins are up, you're getting them in a very, you're getting them sorry, in a you're getting them in a very positive environment when they're usually feeling great about themselves. This is the one hour a day they're taking away and, and giving to themselves. Real estate, if you don't have thick skin and you're not comfortable within the chaos of constantly dealing with issues, stress, uh, people being at their most emotional state, state you're going to crash and burn. You have to know how to deal with that because that's the biggest challenge because now you're dealing with people when there's hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of dollars on the line. You're not getting the prettiest side of them ever. If something goes wrong, no matter what it is, it's always your fault. You're getting blamed.
2: Hmm.
1: And if things go great, it's like, oh, thanks. We'll call you for the next time we want to do a transaction. That's it. So you have to learn to basically put out fires all the time and manage that stress. And sometimes you're shopping with six different couples or clients or people at once while you have two, three listings that you're also trying to sell. So if you're not good at time management or you like to have your weekends or you like or you're a person that really likes to have a lot of control over your schedule, don't do it. Hmm. It's tough. So I'd say that is actually the biggest challenge. Wow. In being in being a broker, for sure.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, it's very high stress, extremely. Yeah, wow. you need thick skin. You have it. Yeah. You got you're, you're if, good enough. If for anybody it. knows my father,
0: <laughs>
1: you would know why. Yeah, they
0: kind of I I assume they probably yeah, get yeah. A, an idea. Yeah, yeah. Um for individuals, probably kind of like myself, are there any better or uh, word probably not is better, but is there any more optimal strategy in terms of a, a beginner looking okay. to start their real estate portfolio? And oh, we'll yeah. use me for example, or yeah. you know anybody who doesn't have a real estate yeah. portfolio, like yeah,
1: what's the strategy? You don't have to become a real estate broker to learn about real estate. And I learned that only a year into it when I started dabbling and, and really buying books and, and watching YouTube videos about just real estate investing. Purely just, just that. Just that. Um, and so like for somebody who's wanting to get into real estate or, in, or investing their money in real estate, you don't have to go take the course. It's very expensive, first of all. Hmm. It's very time consuming. Um, you could just really, whenever you have free time, learn about the investing side of it, okay? And whatever else, after that, you could hire people to do that for you. You could hire a broker. You could hire someone to do the inspections. You don't have to start learning how to build a house from the ground up. Like that stuff, you could delegate. But knowing how to spot a good deal, that is really The most important thing you could do Hmm. as someone who's starting out because your first deal has to be a good deal when you say spot a good deal
0: what what are you looking
1: for it's a good question so um, potential it depends what your goal is if your goal is to try to pull your money out in the first you know 48 months max you want to look for a property that has a lot of potential for optimization Maybe you could add another um, Room. another unit, Room. Yeah. like turn convert the garage into a bachelor. Mm-hmm. Now you just turned a triplex into a fourplex. That's optimization or buying something that needs some renos. Um, so it depends what your goal is. If if your goal is really to buy something <clears throat> and and hold it for a long time, and you don't want to start getting into dealing with renovations and you know nothing about it and you don't even know a single contractor that could give you a good price on labor, then maybe you want to start looking at pre-construction, hmm. like I did, uh, for the 26 Plex in Gatineau. I wasn't looking for a flip. But on that sort of deal, you're not pulling your money out for a minimum the first you know, four or five years. Yeah. So it also depends what your goal is financially with the product but you have to first ask yourself what's my goal in the next 5 or 10 years financially and then from there start looking at what kind of property or project
0: you want to invest in get specific more specific exactly that that's yeah. some good uh, advice too because i think that plays into any other Uh, sphere that you're dabbling your nose into is the goal setting because having the goal setting having more of that tunnel vision of that you know the horizon you're looking at where i'm going um, i think structures you better to get more specific sharpen some tools that you might might be lacking or whatever maybe so that's that's interesting yeah some
1: people are just like oh i want to buy a condo and like i've literally asked clients and i'm like why yeah why do you want to buy a condo? Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you going to go live in it? Oh, I just want to buy a condo to uh, to invest in real estate, so I could say I own a property and rent it out at like a six hundred dollar a month negative loss. You know, between condo fees, yeah. and interest rates, and taxes and whatever. So you know, another broker might just be like, "Okay, great. Let's go. Uh, let's go look for." Like condos and we'll buy something that's within your your range that you your could budget. afford and, and, and that's it. Hmm. You know, you might not see it right away, but a few years down the line, do you really think that person's going to recommend you more business? Hmm. Or would they value somebody who gave them good advice and didn't Long-term. just go for the quick, easy transaction?
0: Long term versus short term think- right. thinking. Right, right. I like right. it um, in terms of, cause you mentioned the, the, you know, Grant Cardone, I think a couple of times, right. Are there any other, I guess, quote unquote online um, real estate influencers that have a big presence online that um, you tend to have on your, you know, your back pocket to kind of refer to or use as certain inspiration or use as some building blocks to aid you even get even better into yeah. this? Because Grand Cardona is obviously there. He's, he's
1: like mostly my number one. Nice. I read a couple of other books uh, that were good, um, like the guy who started KW Keller Williams. I have not how to become from... a millionaire uh, broker. <laughs> it was it was a good book. I like that one a lot too. Uh, Ryan Sarant, old school Ryan Sarant. Now he's just constantly trying media? to sell his coaching. Yeah, media. And his yeah. like you know yeah, yeah. subscriptions. His... Yeah. yeah, but before. Uh, I really found that I was learning from his content and that's what people like very good content yeah so I, I liked him a lot too prior prior yeah so so Grant I, so
0: Cardone Ryan surhant yeah
1: Serhant, Yeah, uh, I
0: know you know driving up here you were listening a bit to Alex Ramosi which is crazy because yeah um, he's the, my favorite yeah the two sure. guys that I had here too like they were speaking of him uh, yeah. I, I like him a lot yeah um and uh, have you heard of Ryan Pineda? Sure. Sure. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, Who- I, I will say this. I, I don't like I'm not. His stuff is hit or miss. Like there's some videos that he puts out there about how easy it is to flip a property. And, you know, you could put an entire down payment on a credit card. Which has like zero percent interest for the first 18 months. And I'm just like, dude, bad move. Yeah. So, but I get it. He's he's just trying to constantly create content. But some of his stuff is great, but it's it's like hit or miss on some of the of his stuff. I find it's like a little exaggerated or he tries to oversimplify it. And then people don't realize when you actually get there, it's it's not that easy to, you know, flip a property if you have no idea. What you're doing in construction, mm. you know, it's, yeah, and he's trying to sell his, you know, I pro- think that's a property course, yeah, and, yeah, and I think that's
0: the uh, a bit of the issue. I guess I'll put it that way yeah. is that there a lot of them are transitioning or in, starting to include like they're selling their courses. Yeah, and I think it kind of shifts a bit the um, the value you're giving to people yeah. and the strategy to which they're creating content and stuff. I obviously want to speak of this. Yeah. Violin Chuck. The violinist Chuck. Oh, my God. Come on. Yeah. Tell me how. Now, I know you just said, you know, your mom was a music and art teacher. So, I imagine that's where the influence of starting to be a violinist came from. I could be mistaken. But um, how did that come about? Because now I don't know nothing. When I found out, I was like, (laughs) you're either joking
1: or i don't know most people don't believe me Uh, when i tell them that i was like a competitive violin soloist at the national level exactly yeah
0: and uh, (laughs) like top three in canada yeah 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 so tell me how that whole thing began yep so
1: my mom uh you know she went back to work after we we were i think i was five she started going back to work and uh she would always bring a, a different instrument to class each week to show the students. Hmm. Do like a little presentation, teach them about the different instruments. It was really fun. I thought it was a cool idea. Well, now I do, not when I was five. But uh, so she would bring uh, pretty much an instrument, a new instrument, home every like one or two weeks. And oh. she would dabble with it just to be able to like enough that, so that she could just show the students the gist of it, yeah. how it works, how it sounds, you know, what it looks like, exactly how 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 it works and, and whatnot. So, uh, one day she brought home a violin, and it was very different from anything else I had seen, and that alone piqued my curiosity. So, because I showed interest in the violin and wanted to like look at it and hold it and, and touch it, it was it was like a it was it was very cool and like you had to hold it, it was super delicate. It was like hundred-year-old piece of wood so for me I was like "Ooh, this is cool and so because of that when my mom you know she put us all into music at five or six when it came time to choosing which instrument to put us into she was like for his birthday I'm getting him a violin and that's literally how how it it started just because one day she brought that instrument home and I was like oh this is cool (laughs) and that was it didn't know what I was getting myself into yeah yeah. And, and it's funny because I always said I'd wish that I had the talent that I had in music for sports because I had the passion and love for sports uh, and not for music. It was just something that like I was born into. I just felt like it was something I never chose. I just did it. It almost felt like homework. Like no kid wants to practice one or two hours a day, obviously. But I I did enjoy it. The only time I actually enjoyed it was when I would like perform or compete because the lead up up to that is not fun nobody loves it and even less so when you're like a kid you just want to go play outside Hmm. and play with your toys um but yeah that's that's how i got started and very early on like my teacher could see right away that i was different and that i was gifted like i just had a touch for it you know and so she would literally come to pick me up from my elementary school once a week during my lunch break just to give me extra free classes yeah, nobody who does that, right? She was like a second mom to me, by the way. This lady, like Amazing. Lucine Balikian, shout out to her. Amazing. She's one of the best. Yeah. I, I was just lucky wow. that when my mom went to go sign me up at McGill Conservatory, like I ended up just getting that teacher. It's like a, a wheel. It's like, oh, that student goes there. That student. I got very, very lucky that I landed on her because wow. she was one of those people that was Really passionate about what she did and she just cared about putting out the best students. She really pushed us She come up. She came up in the Russian school of, uh, of music. She was tough She used to hit me with her bow if I wasn't listening <laughs> Could you imagine if somebody did that today? It wasn't hard. It was just like a little yeah you know, Yeah, on, yeah. The, on the
0: hand or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I love that woman, you know um,
0: Well, I'm loving her just listening. Yeah, to yeah this. she like, was the best wow. she would
1: be like Chuck. You're not focused you're hungry i feed you and then she's like go and like bring out like a lasagna or something and like oh, whatever need- she was cooking for her family that night she would just like feed me if we I need more of her focusing. yeah yeah she was great. <laughs> so yeah so uh that was it and then i just kept wow. competing uh, and competing at bigger and bigger and bigger shows each year and uh and until i got to the cmc which is like the best you could get in canada it's a canadian music competition okay so you have to place first in Quebec to even be sent to the
0: finals. Which is solely, because when you say music, people might think of think of like singing. So is this solely just instruments? Yes.
1: Yeah, so y- your specific category. So every okay. two years, it's a different group. group. Oh, yeah. Okay. So like, you know, for me, it was nine and 10 year olds uh, when I went. I-, I did CMC twice, actually. Uh, so, but they also included cellos, hmm. not violas or bass so we were competing between violins and and cellos and uh yeah so you have to place first in your province first it was a regional shows so there's three shows you have to place first in regionals then first for all of quebec and then every year the finals is in a different place in canada Hmm, i see yeah and i was lucky that year because it was being held in quebec city and uh yeah after that it was just like no looking back
0: Um, um, yeah, no looking back. eh? Yeah.
1: I kept going till I was like 16 or 17. Yeah. 17 was like the last big concert I ever gave. How did that end? Honestly, I had a really bad hockey injury to my wrist. I broke my scaphoid and, uh, knowing what I know now, like they never do this anymore, but they kept recasting me for like six months. Yeah. You're never supposed to not have something moving so there was like extreme atrophy and like my wrist could barely bend back as far as my right one can and so taking that much time off i got used to not having to practice anymore Mm -hmm. and i kind of liked it i was getting lazy and it was also at the point where i was getting scouted for um prep school for hockey Mm -hmm. and i switched into johnny sparritude from royal west and so once i finally was able to go back to to playing sports i was just like i don't feel like doing this anymore because i i just know this is not going to be my career like at that point to continue with the violin at that level meant that like you were going to go into university for that and then you're going to become a professional performer or play in the you know montreal symphony orchestra like it's that it's that and and
0: now you're going from practicing one to two hours a day to like four or five that's what I wanted to, to speak about yeah. to you is the practice aspect because it's a very, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I don't think I am. Yeah. It's a very disciplinary type art. Yeah, compared um, to ballet, but like or it, gymnastics. an instrument, an yeah. instrument in this yeah, case yeah. it's violin. Yeah, it must take a whole lot of discipline, making sure you're performing and focused optimally, like you know yeah. all the time um having that ath- athlete mindset or that championship mindset that's what it requires i'm I'm assuming how did just like building that craft the practices the hours like what, what what was that like like did you have like just tell me a bit more about that because i know that it takes a lot of time to perfect yeah. something to perfect your craft to build your craft yeah. to, um you know no chuck do one more hour no dedicate that 30 more minutes yeah. because you're gonna get the note or uh, how does that
1: uh... well it was it was sort of like this um because i was competitive and because i've always been Had that. competitive whether it was for music or, or, or sport i didn't want to embarrass myself so the fear mm-hmm. of going up on stage and not sounding ready or completely messing up because there, like, any little dribble, like, you might not even notice I made a mistake, but the panel of five judges, it's like in figure skating, they're watching you like a hawk. So you might think somebody did a per- perfect performance and they got, like, an 88 from the judges hmm. in, in, in a concerto competition, you know? And you're like, word, what? say that again? Like a concerto competition. Which is? You're performing a concerto. So, like, you'll be up on stage, no music, by the way, and you might have to perform, like, two or three or four movements back-to-back. Like, you could you could potentially be up there for, like, 35 minutes straight wow no music no sheets in front of you and you have to know it all off by heart so in a way it's freestyle no not freestyle you you need to
0: it's no your routine freestyle. okay i get it you, you gotta to get every fingering
1: every bow like perfect
0: and when you say no music there's no sound on the exterior of the violin it's purely just you the violin no sheets nothing in front of you your brain your wrists
1: <laughs> There's,
0: there's no, it's there's just no so paper people can in understand. front of you. You can't see the music.
1: So you got to memorize the entire song, Script. all the different fingerings, all the bows, everything. So if you're playing a concerto and you got a performance and you got to perform this concerto and it's half an hour long, you don't get to be up there next sheet reading the music on a stand. There's no stand. There's no music. When you're performing, when you're competing, you're never allowed to have your sheet music up there yeah so everything's always by a hundred percent like it has to be memorized off by heart yeah for that duration yeah and even if you're not performing concerto sometimes you know you'd have a sonata that you're playing uh another piece and then one concerto all three of those combined you're up on stage for like 20 minutes 25 minutes performing and it's all completely
0: 100% off by heart and this, start, this is at what age that people are in this situation where, like, they're playing the... How do you say the... Cushendo? Concerto. Con- a concerto is just, concerto. like,
1: a, a, a piece made up of... Almost like... Think of, like, a book of chapters. Okay. Yeah. I get it. It's almost like telling a story, but with music. There's, like, a beginning,
0: a middle, hmm. an end. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting, because I imagine a lot of... Like, now I just learned about that. That's so interesting that you're yeah. able, just with a sound... Or a vibrate that vibration for someone listening that probably knows a bit more. Like, you just recently went to see a um, uh, you, you had an acronym for it, the OSGM, okay. the uh, Montreal Symphony Orchestra. Yeah, so you just went to see that. Like, yeah. so I imagine you having that background, you're yeah. able to feel we spoke about it uh, briefly, but yeah, you just get a certain vibration, <clears throat> a certain feel. Uh, you see it differently or hear it differently oh, yeah. than a lot being, of people. Being,
1: hearing a, a symphony orchestra live. Like 20 feet away from you, like 50 musicians on stage, full orchestra. There's no experience that's like it musically. And I I love rock and roll. I've been to rock concerts. I've been to rap shows. Not the biggest fan. Like EDM. R&B. been to EDM. I used to love that stuff. But seeing a fully stocked symphony orchestra (laughs) playing one of these concertos live, there's just,
0: it hits you in the feels for sure i told you a bit every morning uh every day actually like even in the sauna or when i do my breath work my meditation yeah i love that type of like music classical music yeah i love it or baroque the, the, or the, romantic
1: the, era whatever the
0: jazz the violin i love, jazz. Yeah. Uh, I love it even Be- blues the like blues oh yeah. my god i like blues there's just something so different about just even just purely the instruments, such, a, such as like the piano, the violin, um, the cello, certain sounds. Yeah. There's something about like hearing it when it pierces your eardrum and like your skin. There's just something about hearing those sounds and how, how it makes yeah. you feel, how the vibration, those waves get to you. Yeah. There's something. I, I love it so much. And it puts me yeah. in a certain like. Well, music is language, right? You, you could read music. So
1: technically, I learned another language because I had to be able to read music. So just like with writing, you could read something and it has zero emotional effect on you. Like you read Caillou versus Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. It's like it hits you. Yeah. So it's the same with music. Not all music is created equal. Right. So... You know, listening to a concerto by Mozart or Beethoven personally for me is the equivalent of like reading something from a big poet versus mm. listening to Cardi B. I see. Like there's there's nothing there. Yeah. It's just the beat. It's empty. It's more empty.
2: Yeah. It's, it's,
1: empty.
0: Yeah. it's wow. like, how could you compare the two? You know what I mean? Yeah. So since you stopped at like 17, have you revisited, do you still revisit uh, that type of music in terms of listening to it either on a daily basis or weekly basis or are you not able? I'm going to give you an example. The example I'm giving is because for me, when I stopped playing hockey, I didn't want to hear about it, watch it or play it. I couldn't hmm. enter an arena, I couldn't go back there because I would have gotten either such a huge itch and also it's because I kinda said I closed that door. I did that with hockey too, by the way, yeah. I so know what you're talking about. Was that, Is that similar in terms of the music? Are you able yeah. to listen to music for it to not have like a negative or like, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I do get the itch, especially after seeing the, the Montreal Symphony Orchestra live uh, A few days ago like the first thing I did was I went home and I was like I haven't picked up my violin in in like almost three months and I was just like I need to practice I went home and and I started playing the violin and then the morning after I woke up at 630 just to be able to practice an hour because I knew if I didn't do that the rest of my day like I wouldn't be able to yeah so like listening to it too but I, I just find it helps you get into a meditative state
0: that's why. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly why I listen
1: to I, it. I, I can't meditate. I I know it's something you could work on and practice and whatnot, but for me, playing music is like meditation. Because when you're playing, you're so focused on that singular task at hand. Yeah. It requires a hundred percent of your focus that you literally go instantaneously into like a flow state. Yeah. And that is, in a sense, meditation. Like you're you're not really thinking about anything else, right? You can't be distracted and play an instrument. It won't work. Makes it, sense. it really requires like a hundred percent of your brain work. Hmm. And so that's the one thing I really miss about it is like every time I would finish practicing, it almost felt like I had like a brain pump. Hmm. You know? So uh and I would always feel like a like a lot more like like relax as if I just like walked out of like a, a yoga class. Mm. Yoga too. You're focusing on your breathing, you're you're focusing on and holding this position or that posi- Your focus has to be a hundred percent there, or you you just fall over. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So yeah.
0: I gotta go to the bathroom. Cool. Take a little break and then cool. we'll come in back and wrap up. Sick. Good. Okay, so we're back, everyone. Um So I have a question that I started asking and implementing in these uh, episodes that I'm going to obviously ask you now. Living or dead? If you were given three VIP tickets that you had in your possession right now that you could give to these three people for a dinner, who would those three people be?
1: Oh. Living or dead? Wow, I never thought of that. Um... I'd probably want to have a dinner with Einstein. I think that'd be one that'd be really cool. Pick someone's brain like that. Um Nelson Mandela, probably another one. I think that'd be
0: pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Before you say a third one, just yeah. because some people sometimes don't um take this in, into consideration, I'm talking anybody. Family, athlete, music artist, um Obviously, the type of people you just put on that list. Yeah. And, well, my third
1: one was, before you even said that, was actually (laughs) going to be my grandmother. Wow. Yeah, my mom's mom, who passed away when I was nine years old. Uh, I wish I would have been able to speak to her, get to know her as an adult. She was like, she not like, she was a second mom to me because she used to live six months a year in Spain, six months a year in in montreal mm. so growing up it was like you know she was like a mom to me and uh, my parents you know we were middle class she, she, they both worked a lot um and so i spent a lot of time with her but i never got to know her as an adult mm-hmm. and she was like my favorite person in the entire family on both sides wow. and unfortunately she left us pretty young so if yeah. i could also, for the simple reason of having her cooking again. Uh, <laughs> it was good? We have dinner. It was oh, wow. by like three miles. She oh. was the best cook in the family. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. By, on both sides by like miles. Wow. So yeah, that'd probably be my third. Yeah.
0: Albert Einstein, Nelson Mandela. Yeah. Your grandmother. Yeah. On your mom's side, your mom's mom, yeah. your grandmother. Yeah. And you, four people at the dinner table. And they all said yes to come.
2: Oh,
1: we're all at the same table now. Absolutely. Whoa. 100%.
0: That's interesting. You're all at the same table. Cool. That's what's interesting. I ask that question because it just sometimes gives me a different perspective on what your response would be versus what this person's response would be versus right. this person and myself. So it's always interesting to see what type of people certain people pick because it just establishes a certain understanding of where you're at mentally right now Mm. and maybe in a week or in a month's time you would not have the same response just because you're in a different state different thoughts different goals whatever so it's always interesting for me ever since i started asking that question to see what people would actually reply and respond to um if you were to say and i've said this in my other episodes like three athletes I kinda get where you're at and yeah. who this person is and yeah. where they're coming from. So with yeah. those three, I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. And it's also interesting to see the team you're building. That the the the, yeah. the name of the podcast is Team Made. So the Team Made podcast. So it's always interesting to see what yeah. that team would, would look like. In other words, who's at that dinner table. Yeah. And just envisioning and establishing this um, you know, this drawing so to speak. Of what that dinner would be like, those four people, including you, what the chemistry would be like, what type of conversations, maybe have your grandmother cook for everybody. That would be the goal for sure. (laughs) Wouldn't that be crazy? That'd be the goal. So it's always interesting to see. Yeah. Um, Chuck, bro, thanks for coming. Again, thanks for doing this. We had a good conversation. Before we we say goodbye to everyone, before we sign off, where do people find you? Social media, handles, anything you want to promote out there?
1: So uh, for my coaching business, it's Frishman Fitness. And for real estate, it's Frishman Realty.
0: Perfect. All one word. Awesome. Yeah. That's where they could find you? Yes, sir. Awesome. Any website? They're both my name. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So um, if you're listening to this audio version, Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening to this, Um, all of Chuck's links are going to be in the show notes in the captions of the video also on, on YouTube. So you could go check him out, see what he's doing. Maybe even if you're a beginner or looking to build your real estate portfolio, I got a good real estate broker here in front of me. So (laughs) we'll slip that in there. But, um, honestly, thank you so much for, for coming, for doing this, taking the time out of your day to do it also. Um, I had to have you on again. Um, and I know this was a good one. Thank you for the gift too. And, um, yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah, it's no, it's cool. It's dude, cool to have you as a thank friend. Thank you. And... This has been really fun, uh,
1: really cool experience. It's it's always a pleasure seeing you. So uh, thank you. I appreciate it, brother. Awesome.